Blog Talk Radio. Yes, sir. We are the greatest terrorists there are. Yeah. 
Time Magazine on Wednesday claimed to have found the most sexist Republican ad of the year. Writer, writer Charlotte. Oh Jesus! Huh? We just got we just got hacked. Don't you love these? They can't stand us talking about this. They cannot stand us hacking the hackers. You know? Okay. We are we are so vulnerable. Oh. Oh, here's something. While well, we're waiting. I'll get back on it. The UK retirement age is to rise by as much as six months per year. Older people will be encouraged to work longer under a government plan to increase the average retirement age by six months every year. Ministers believe that the retirement age needs to increase dramatically to reflect Britain's aging population and to avoid a health care crisis. The average age of retirement is 64.7 for men and 63.1 for women. The Department for Work and Pensions said in its business plan that it would like to like the average to raise by as much as six months every year. So we have a higher retirement age as it stands than they do, but that's the direction we've been going in. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, the United States has got the worst, worst, the worst security, the worst, some of the worst of the industrialized countries, the worst minimum wage, the worst. Uh, and uh, we're so proud to be Americans. We're so happy. But, you know, hey, that's the way it is, man. Obama threatens more sanctions against Zimbabwe over Russian platinum deal. As Martin Armstrong exclaims, Obama is out of control, according to NewZimbabwe.com. Washington has said it will accelerate sanctions imposed against Harari in 2003 due to the Robert Mugabe-led government's closer ties with Russia over the U.S. $3 billion Darwindale Platinum Project. Harold columnist Nathaniel Manhiru, who is thought to be a Mugabe spokesman, reported, wa- reported Washington explained ex- expectations on Zimbabwe, namely that Zimbabwe was expected to support those sanctions by avoiding any so- association with the companies sanctioned by the Americans and their Western allies or their subsidiaries or affiliates. Manhuru said it was ridiculous for the U.S. to refuse to lift sanctions against Harare and then demand support for its measures against Moscow. This is where I am tempted to tell the American government to go and hang, hang on a banana tree. So we have a few issues there. Yeah, well, we're back. So up yours, you guys, who hacked me again. All right? Just up yours. And we got, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see what I got here. If you have a problem with law-abiding citizens being armed, then you are the reason law-abiding citizens are armed. (laughs) I like that. 
Did you know that cannabinoids, that's what's in marijuana, uh-huh. occur naturally in human breast milk? The same cannabinoids found in industrial hemp are also found in breast milk. This may initially sound shocking to some, but the fact is that these cannabinoids have an important purpose in the growth and development of babies. Cannabinoids promote hunger in newborns, uh, which encourage, which ensures both an adequate milk supply in the mother and enough nutrition for the baby. Yes, folks, hemp is good for you. Okay. Okay, I want to. I, I want since we're talking about health things, GMO lies versus reality. Ten facts you need to know about Zero Lini Biotech study. Not long after the publishing, Professor Giles Eric Seralini's landmark study on genetically modified corn and Roundup herbicide received considerable undue criticism from the mainstream scientific community, which clearly didn't approve of its findings. But this doesn't negate the fact that Ciralini's study exceeded the standard criteria for honest scientific inquiry, being the only study of its kind to look at the long-term effects of GMOs on mammals. Here are 10 things you need to know about Ciralini's study that validated findings and put to shame the liars who claimed that it was a fraud. Number one, Ciralini's study looked at toxicity, not cancer. One of the major criticisms levied against Ciralini's work alleged that it was badly designed cancer study, but it was actually a toxicity study that just so happened to observe cancer as a byproduct of GMO exposure. And based on the criteria of a toxicity study, Ciralini's work was both well-designed and well-conducted. Number two, no other studies have looked at long-term GMO toxicity. Some have tried to claim that Ciralini's findings deviate too much from the norm to be accurate. But no other long-term toxicity study on either GMOs or Roundup have ever been conducted so, of course, his findings go into stray from the status quo. Number three, everyone uses Sprague Duale rat. Claims that Ciralini's study used the wrong variety of rat, known as Sprague Duale, are also invalid. Nearly every GMO food study ever conducted, including the pitiful 90-day feeding studies conducted by Monsanto, has used S the rats as subjects, since they're good crossovers for assessing how humans will respond to particular exposure. Number four, SD rats in humans are almost equally prone to cancer. As far as the cancer risk, SD rats are almost just as prone to to cancer as humans by the fact that almost all toxicity and even carcinogenicity studies uses SD rats as subjects. Number five, Ciralini's sample size was appropriate by normal standards. Number six, if Ciralini's study isn't valid, neither are Monsanto's studies. Number seven, Ciralini's study invalidates Monsanto's safety studies. Since the Ciralini study is, in fact, completely valid, this poses a major problem for the establishment. By looking at how rats react to Monsanto's GM corn and Roundup herbicide over the course of two years rather than just three months, 
Chiarolini has proved that Monsanto's own short-term safety studies are inherently flawed. Number eight, regulators are wrong. GM corn and Roundup are highly toxic to mammals. Number nine, no government even require ever required long no governments even require long term safety studies. And number ten, Sierra Lini isn't alone in discovering GMO toxicity toxicity. While many of his peers have refused to vet his work due to political pressures, Sierra Lini is supported by a number of other independent researchers who have come to the similar conclusions about the toxicity of GMOs. And you can go to gmoevidence.com, which outlines many of these, including studies on the toxicity of both Roundup and GMOs and piglets, dairy cows, bees, various aquatic animals, and other organisms. Okay. And folks, to figure out more and learn more, you can, well, as I said, go to gmoevidence.com. Double reverse on Ebola military mission. This is interesting because, you know, I, I saw part of this today and it really pissed me off. But New York, in yet another Obama administration reversal, adding to the confusion surrounding the mission of U.S. troops in West Africa, Defense Department officials said uh, General David M. Rodriguez misspoke when he told reporters Tuesday that U.S. troops would be in direct contact with Ebola patients. Rodriguez, commander of U.S. American Command, said at a Pentagon news conference Tuesday that teams of U.S. soldiers will work alongside Liberian troops, excuse me, and will staff uh, mobile, what is that? Oh, yeah, and will staff uh, mobile uh, troops and will be well testing directly people in Liberia suspected of having the disease. Meanwhile, the Daily Observer of Monrovia Liberal Liberia reported Tuesday that eight Liberian soldiers who contacted the Ebola virus have died. Okay. Well, Rodriguez has told reporters the U.S. military had put two additional mobile medical labs in operation last week in Liberia, sufficiently or significantly increasing our capacity for rapidly diagnosing Ebola. Wait till I I read some, some other articles on this. Uh, he quickly added that U.S. troops staffing these labs are trained at the highest level of nuclear, biological, and chemical readiness so that they are all trained to operate in nuclear, biological threat and chemical threat environments. Uh, Rodriguez said the soldiers will be tested continuously for symptoms of Ebola. We, he addressed they said the issue of what will happen if a member of the U.S. military in Iberia contacts Contracts Ebola. Contracts Ebola. If one of the U.S. troops develops symptoms of Ebola, they will be handled just like you've seen with the other Americans that contracted Ebola who will return to the United States in special design aircraft designed to isolate the disease, he said. Any U.S. troops that develop Ebola will be brought in the United States to one of the medical centers that is specially designed to handle Ebola patients. The general said a U.S. military medical mobile laboratory has been operating in Liberia for several years, but he gave no other details. He was asked to give an estimate of the number of U.S. troops that would work with the mobile medical labs in Liberia and to describe the type of protective equipment they would have. There is a between three- and four-person team that operate each mobile medical laboratory, and we have three labs deployed right now, he replied. We will probably deploy several other mobile medical laboratories. Each lab 
adds three to four additional U.S. troops involved, and again, those troops are trained to the very highest level of operating in nuclear, biological, and chemical arenas. I read something. I, I heard this interview on CPTV today, or PBS, all right, about, about they only have 50 doctors in the entire country of Liberia. Oh, wow. 50. And they have 4 million people in Liberia, all right? And then, and then, as far as dentists, they even—I think they have less than 50. They have like 30, right? So it's like it's like insanity. But here, here, the, here's the funny thing: Ebola scandal in Liberia. No soap, no bleach, no gloves. Well, I saw people with gloves on. Yeah, well, those you saw people with gloves on, but those are the people that were brought in from the United States. Oh. Right. But look at in the early release Tuesday of a weekly morbidity and mortality report, the Center of Disease Control disclosed startling revelations about the front lines of the West African uh, Ebola crisis, finding four countries in southeastern Liberia uh, counties. counties rather were unable to respond to the outbreaks as little as two months ago. In Austin, a team of CDC evaluators headed by physician uh, Forrester said, uh, spent nine days in Liberia assessing emergency preparedness and collaboration with Liberian Ministry of Health and Social Welfare. At the time of their visit to uh, wherever the hell these places are, Maryland counties, uh, uh, River G and Maryland counties. Uh, no one, there was not one report of Ebola had been filed in the area. The team, however, discovered two cases of Ebola and found the Liberian counties unable to respond. Uh, each of the counties had one hospital with only about 100 to 150 beds each. The local health care workers had no disposable gloves, no soap, no bleach, or gel-based hand cleansers. Washington stations, if they existed, consisted of a jug filled with water and a basin. Very basic isolation stations had been set up in only two of the four counties, and stations lacked electricity and water, and no waste disposal uh, facilities had, had been set up. Oh, my God. And small towns and counties in the examined areas had spotty Internet connections at best, and communications relied on cell phones and radios. Only six of the 19 stations inspected had even rudimentary means of calling for aid or consultation. The other 13 depended on visits by the district health officer. Mm -hmm. No air transport existed in the areas, and travel by road proved difficult, if not impossible, which meant transport of specimens to CDC or, a, or WHO, H-O, a, WHO World labs, also was impeded. Within the hospitals, very little to no training in how to handle Ebola patients has been provided. Training for use of personal protection equipment also was unavailable, and the supplies of the equipment were insufficient. During a nine-day inspection, the CDC team made the first diagnosis of Ebola in the four-county area. On August 3rd, a pregnant woman, patient one, died during a spontaneous abortion after leaving Monrovia, where she had contact with an infected person at a funeral. She was buried by the community in the week after her death. On October 24th, 2014, Maryland County authorities identified a man hiding in a rice truck, truck who had signs and symptoms of Ebola patient two. The truck had departed from Fishtown, Rivergee County, and was destined for Plebu, Maryland County. The 
man who was reported to have participated in the burial of patient one was sent back to Fishtown, where he later was reported to have died of laboratory-confirmed Ebola. This was the first evidence of secondary transmission of Ebola in Southeast Liberia. There have been numerous improvements since the report. Ebola task forces have been set up with regular meetings and training on how to care for patients. Disinfection and new burial practice have been implemented. There are plans to build Ebola treatment centers. Until the new centers are built, however, the overall medical response to the outbreak is woefully inadequate, the report indicates. Pretty sick, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Very it, sick. It, it's really sad. I mean, it, I mean they, these people are not even, um, you know, prepared. Well, apparently that country was torn by civil war, civil which, war I didn't, yeah, which I exactly. didn't realize until yeah. I had read that recently. For years. So the whole structure of the country, I guess, is probably just all broken down. Yeah. Now, here's another one that uh, really knocked me out. Ebola across Europe is unavoidable. Why do they say that? Oh, because um, they, they've got no barrier. They're, 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 they're not set up like we are.
They have not been isolated, but they are having their temperatures taken twice a day to check for signs of infection. The EU now has asked Spain to explain how the nurse contracts the deadly disease, according to the AFP report. The 40-year-old nurse, who has not been identified but is said to be in stable condition, had up to 30 colleagues who also treated the missionaries who died of Ebola at the hospital in Madrid. Had up to 30 That doesn't make sense. I guess it was... Well, there are people. Mm -hmm. She had colleagues, 30 mm -hmm. colleagues. Who were exposed to. And were also treated. I spoke where well, they didn't really say it. Oh, who also treated the missionaries. They, she, the missionaries exposed them to the disease. Right, right. A spokesman for the European Commission said the case, the first known of Ebola spreading within a European country, would be discussed at a health security committee on Wednesday. I don't know. The priority remains to find out what exactly happened. Officials said they were still investigating how the nurse was infected. She went on holiday after the second of the missionaries she had been caring for died on September 25th, although they stressed she had not left Madrid. Jonathan Ball, a professor of molecular virology at the University of Nottingham, said the Spanish nurse should not have contracted the deadly disease if appropriate containment and control measures had been taken. It will be crucial to find out what went wrong in this case so necessary measures can be taken to ensure it doesn't happen again. Local media in Spain yesterday reported that the staff at the Madrid hospital where the nurse became infected has claimed their protective suits did not meet health and safety requirements. So this has not yet been substantiated. Meanwhile, a Norwegian doctor infected with the Ebola while working in Sierra Leone has arrived in Norway for treatment. And officials said she was in an isolation ward at Oslo Hospital. Uh, that's amazing. See, uh, now, this is something. There's a little uh, two-minute video here. We can maybe... Uh, See what it has to be what's set on there. Would a travel ban help to stop Ebola? I think it would. Oh, right. uh, yeah, I of course so. it would. Or at least till people can get better, ready yeah. to give it some time. If you've ever been on an airplane, this might look familiar. It's an air sickness bag meant for motion sickness. But the Ebola outbreak has changed how some people might react to seeing a fellow passenger vomit yeah. on a plane. Over the weekend, CDC agents removed two passengers from a plane landing in Newark, New Jersey, after a possible Ebola scare. One man on board was reportedly bop.
the likelihood of other passengers and crew having contact with their body fluids is even smaller. But still, some question why there's been no travel ban between the U.S. and Africa, and outlets are exploring that question. Business Week notes both Texas Representative Ted Poe and Representative Alan Grayson from Florida have called on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to implement travel restrictions. But Business Week dubbed the White House's refusal to do so is the right thing to do. Restricting travel to and from the affected region will have little impact on the already minimal risk to Americans from the Ebola virus while further worsening the situation in West Africa. And CDC Director Tom Frieden said, Though we might wish we could seal ourselves off from the world, there are Americans who have the right of return, there are many other people who have the right to enter into this country, and that we're not going to be able to get to zero risk no matter what we do, unless and until we control the outbreak in West Africa. Wednesday, the White House noted, we've provided guidance to pilots, flight attendants, and others who are responsible for staffing our transportation infrastructure to ensure that if they notice individuals who are exhibiting symptoms, that the proper authorities are notified. As of now, U.S. officials say there are no plans to implement travel restrictions. For Newsy, I'm Jasmine Bailey. Mm -hmm. See, that's just stupid. You know what I mean? I, at least give them a warrant. You know, if they're not restricting travel, at least give them a 21-day quarantine in the country.
There are some circumstances in which the current strain of Ebola in West Africa can be transmitted through coughing or sneezing. Theoretically, wet and bigger droplets from a, a heavily infected individual has respiratory symptoms caused by other conditions or who vomits violently could transmit the virus over a short distance to anybody nearby, the United Nations Agency said Monday. This could happen when virus-laden heavy droplets are directly propelled by coughing or sneezing uh, into the mucous membranes or skin with cuts or abrasions of another person. The WHO advisory said saliva and tears may also carry some risk. However, the studies implicating these additional body fluids were extremely limited in a sample size and the science is inconclusive in a study of saliva. The virus was found most frequently in patients at a severe stage of illness. Still, WHO insisted, the World Health Organization insisted the spread of the current Ebola outbreak remains consistent with the theory that the virus is transmitted by direct contact with an affected person showing symptoms of the disease. Well, epidemiological data emerging from the outbreak are not consistent with the pattern of spread seen with airborne viruses. Yet those that cause measles and chickenpox or the airborne bacteria that causes tuberculosis, the organization said. Meanwhile, the Pentagon disclosed Tuesday that the U.S. troops in Liberia will have direct physical contact with Ebola victims. And General David M. Rodriguez, commander of U.S. African commands that teams of U.S. soldiers will work alongside Liberian troops and will staff mobile labs that will test people for Ebola. And the, the, the Daily Observer of Monrovia, Liberia, reported Tuesday that eight Liberian soldiers who contacted the Ebola virus have died. As Congress members pressed the Obama administration to find a military mission to West Africa, the Floor Corp. Texas-based global construction company has been contracted by the Pentagon to build temporary housing for U.S. troops in Liberia. The, the World Health Organization warned Tuesday that the spread of Ebola across Europe is quite unavoidable after a Spanish nurse became the first person known to have contact with the virus outside of Africa, and three other people were being monitored in the hospital. So it's like, come on, folks. They're telling you right there, and the, and the press is ignoring it. Okay, um, that you know it can be it can be transmitted. You know? Okay, are we worrying about the wrong virus, Enterovirus D sixty eight? I guess the headlines are full of news about Ebola, but there's a very valid reason. But there's very valid reasons for that. The illness presents in a gruesome, bloody fashion, best suited for a horror movie. But while America's attention is on a disease which there is only one confirmed case in the country, there have been 538 cases of enterovirus D68, five deaths, and 10 cases of paralysis. The enterovirus is an illness that is passed on like the flu or the common cold, and there are millions of cases per year, according to the CDC. However, there are hundreds of strains, and this one, EVD68, is incredibly virulent. Last week in New Jersey, a little boy died suddenly with no previous signs of being ill. He just went to bed and never got up. A week later, an autopsy confirmed that he had died from Venterovirus D68. 
This went all but unnoticed by the, by the media as the nation focused on the single case of Obala, Obala, Ebola in Dallas. What is EVD-68? This particular strain of the enterovirus starts out like a summer cold and often escalates to severe respiratory distress. Enterovirus D68 is one of more than 100 non-polio enteroviruses. This virus was first identified in California in 1962. The EVD68 can cause mild to severe respiratory illness. Mild symptoms may include a fever, a runny nose, sneezing, cough, body and muscle aches. Severe symptoms may include wheezing and difficulty to breathe. In general, a mix of enteroviruses circulates every year, and different types of enteroviruses can be common in different years. Small numbers of EVD-68 have been reported regularly in CD to the CDC since oh. 1987. However, this year, the number of people reported with confirmed EVD-68 infection is much greater than in previous years. In general, infants, children, and teenagers are more likely to get infected and become ill. That's because they do not yet have immunity from previous exposures to the viruses. We believe this is also true for EVD-68. Adults can get infected with enteroviruses, but they're more likely to have no symptoms or mild symptoms. Children with asthma may have a higher risk. Okay. Are you done with that? I, I really need to... to, 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 to Just a second, Leo. Well, I, I think you said enough about that one. And it's like, I got it's a lot more... It's more connected to polio, yeah. which is something that I didn't know. Polio is also an enterovirus. Poliovirus is the causative agent of poliomyelitis. Back in February 5th, children in California who were vaccinated against polio suddenly became paralyzed. Scientific Americans spoke with CDC's Deputy Director of the Division of Viral Diseases about these cases. These children did not test positive for polio, but two of the children did test positive for a different kind of enterovirus, enterovirus 68. What's your theory for what's going on here? Acute flaccid paralysis, that's acute paralysis of parts of the body in this case, the limbs can result from a variety of viruses, including poliovirus, and non-polio enteroviruses, including enterovirus 68, West Nile disease, etrovirus, and, and another one. Most people who get enteroviruses have mild systems, symptoms and no testing is ever done on them. So... That's why, you know, these people are getting paralyzed, too, yeah. because it's, 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 part it's, it's part of polio. In the past two months, 11 children in Colorado have had polio-like paralysis. Four of those children tested positive for EVD-68. It says here, move over Ebola, real killer is coming. I didn't realize that it was related to the polio virus. Yeah. They never really told us that. They said 
on the mainstream media, they said, well, we don't really understand why there's paralysis. Of course they understood. Well, it says here, move over Ebola. Viral illness in headlines, but CDC warns of death toll from annual threat. It says, a concern justifiably surges across the United States over the first Ebola case that can be diagnosed inside America's borders. The experts say that the public should be paying attention to the proven annual killer. In addition to the viral outbreak that arrived in the U.S. via the airplane from Liberia. The real danger, they say, is the flu season. Each year, depending on the severity of the influenza virus circulating that season, experts estimate somewhere between 4,000 to 50,000 Americans die of the disease, with 95% of all deaths occurring in people over 65 years old. An estimated 20,000 children younger than 5 years old are hospitalized. In preparing for the 215, 214, 214, 215 uh, influenza season, the Center of Disease Control in Atlanta has reported that as of mid-August, seven influenza vaccine manufacturers are projecting that 151 million to 159 million doses of influenza will be ready for use. The CDC has announced that the 2014 to 2015 U.S. licensed influenza vaccines will contain the same vaccine virus strains as those in 213. All right. So I I don't know. I, I'm not going to advise getting these goddamn vaccines, I'll tell you that. They'll just, they'll, 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 I haven't gotten one for years. I haven't gotten the flu for years. Because the one year I did get it, I got the flu. And uh real bad, too. So uh, hang on a second. There's another thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention because it was really... Um. Oh, here's something too. Okay. Uh, the CDC is lying to the public about Ebola, Dr. says. Okay. And uh, says, a Missouri physician is accusing the Center of Disease Control of being derelict in his duty, saying that the agency is not leveling with the public about the potential of Ebola to spread to the United States, in the United States. Dr. Gil Mobley says there has been a lack of planning on the CDC's part to head off the spread of Ebola now that has that it has made its way to the U.S. through air travel. It's reactionary. It's not responsive, he said, referring to the way the first case is handled in Dallas. Um, Mobley a microbiologist and board-certified trauma physician in Springfield, Missouri, gained notoriety Thursday when he showed up at the Atlanta Hartsville International Airport in a hazmat suit with the words, CDC is lying, across his back. He said he wanted, to, he, he wanted to draw attention to what he sees as a disturbing lack of action by the CDC. Mobley, who was back in Missouri Friday after returning from a medical mission trip in Guatemala, told uh, uh, all this uh, WND, which is uh, World News Daily, that he was not uh, asked any questions upon re-entry into the country other than if he had alcohol or cigarettes. <laughs> Imagine that? Yeah. yeah. I, I, yesterday on the front page of USA Today, the CDC said, we're, we're at uh, low risk because of our advanced health care sanitary systems and because 
asked me where I'd been. They didn't ask me if I'd been sick. They didn't ask me if I had a fever, and they didn't thermoscan for my temperature. That was two days ago. And the Ebola outbreak in West Africa, the largest in the 40-year history of the virus, has infected 7,178 and killed 3,338, according to the World Health Organization. A USA Today article Friday downplayed the potential for Ebola to spread widely in the U.S., citing infectious disease expert at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston and John Hopkins and blah, blah, blah. And all of which uh, said measles, influenza, and, and neurovirus were much bigger threats to human life in America. Unlike those illnesses, Ebola cannot be spread through the air, and a person has to come in contact with body fluids, feces, or vomit in order to catch the virus. Also, a person infected with Ebola is not contagious until symptoms show up, according to the experts, unlike the measles, which can be contagious. Up to four days before. Yeah, the incubation period. Right. Well, Thomas Friedman, Friedman, director of CDC, uh, retweeted the USA Today article poo-pooing the risk of Ebola Friday, and the article asserts that the Ebola virus is rare, okay, and fewer people killed by the flu. Uh, the article quotes, uh, you know, it's the but hard to distinguish from the flu. Mobley is advising people to get a flu shot this year. Because I believe in flu shots more now than ever with the impending Ebola threat. Because if you run a fever, they could slam you into an infectious disease center with other potential Ebola patients. Well, Jesus, that's a possibility. Mobley said doctors are wondering uh, what the next step should be in Ebola response now that a cluster of up to 100 people have potentially been exposed. And what happens to all of them if they get Ebola? What are they going to do with them? Exactly. Say, say 100 people got them. Yeah. Got right. it. Nothing. They what can, what they could can. they do? They wouldn't have the facilities to all do All they anything. could do is put them in, a, in one big room uh, and uh, let them die. The infectious disease doctors in Springfield were wondering if the first symptom is fever, uh, when this becomes person-to-person, person, it's going to be a real difficult challenge to discern the symptoms of Ebola from the symptoms of the flu. And so if it goes into emergency rooms, are we going to quarantine everybody in that room? No, Mobley said the CDC should be planning to set up fever evaluation centers separate from hospitals. That's Outside right. the That's right. hospital. He says we have to protect our hospitals and our medical staff from Ebola. This requires a profound paradigm shift in the medical thinking to accommodate the new challenge we have, and this should have been done months ago, he said. The head of the CDC, Frieden, uh, just two weeks ago said the change of importing uh, Ebola uh, case to the U.S. was extremely small, and Obama echoed that. And that very same week, they misdiagnosed the Dallas case. Why did they misdiagnose? Because we were not put on high enough alert. In other words, in other developments, Friday, Senator Ted Cruz uh, and Louisiana Governor Jindal uh, called for the government to ban all air travel between Ebola-infected countries in West Africa and the United States. I agree with them on that. Freedom, the CDC director, said it would be counterproductive to cut off air travel to the West Africa. And he said, we said, he said that he would make the outbreak worse if it sources and ultimately raise the risk of the rest of the world. That's not true. Medical personnel are not allowed to get into infected areas. That's not true. Frieden comments uh, some as uh, health officials continue to screen up to 100 people in, in Texas. 
um, Mobley voiced dismay of why the Dallas uh, patient family would be left in their apartment was the patient's bloody sheets to be for three days. Yeah. This has now become a person-to-person threat on U.S. soil, and there are no guidelines out there. Just like there are no guidelines for this person's body, uh, bloody mattress that sat in his home with the rest of his family for three days before they figured out what to do with it. He said, that is reprehensible. There's no policy and procedures in place. He said, Mobley is asking the hard questions that he says doctors on all, uh, are on all doctors' minds. He says, is it the first cluster? Is the first dozen cluster? Is the first dozen clusters? Uh, at what point do I put my entire office of PPE, personal protection equipment, here with uh, evaluating fever patients during routine office visits, he said. And uh, WMB reported a man uh, was also seen pressure-washing vomit off the sidewalk uh, and into a drain at the apartment complex in Dallas where the Ebola patient's family lived. Oh, Jesus. There's no better way to send an airborne, Mobley said. This is a dereliction of duty, and I point my finger directly at Mr. Frieden and say, get the show on the road. Mobley, a native of Georgia, earned his medical degree from the Medical College of Georgia and his undergraduate degree in microbiology from the University of Georgia. He checked in and cleared airport security Thursday wearing a mask, goggles, gloves, boots, and a hooded white hazmat suit. I've always been interested in epidemics and viruses for most of my life, and this is a real thing. I was so concerned, so we called a meeting of the medical community in Springfield about six weeks ago, and we knew then that the clusters were going to become more frequent as it spreads around the world, and it will spread around the world, Mobley said. He said a million West Africans are now in quarantine, and 10,000 people leave that region every day for every corner of the world. What? third world country doesn't have a problem of distrust of government and poor sanitation. So the perfect storm exists, he said. We're going to be importing these on a regular basis. That one case in Dallas has already overwhelmed the Dallas public health system. Will the CDC be able to fly busloads of investigators to numerous cities at the same time? There has to be a point at which we outstretch the resources. He called on the CDC to develop policies, protocols, and procedures and implement them immediately. The CDC has been asleep at the wheel for months, and we are three to four months behind, and I can almost envision watching the CDC sitting around saying, oh, what do we do now that we got this guy with all his, his mattresses and the bed sheets saturated with his family still there in the apartment? It's reactionary, not responsive. When we boarded the Delta airline plane Thursday, he said the passengers applauded him for taking a stand against with his concerns. Most passengers were afraid to look me in the eye, but as soon as I passed, the people were taking pictures and video and I would explain to them what I was doing, and they would applaud. He said he took off the hazmat suit before entering the gate of his flight, stored it in a small carry-on bag, and took his seat on the jet. The passengers were applauding me for my concern and my activism. We were just about to take off and the Delta guys come running at me and insisted that I turn over my alarming, scary equipment to them or I would be not allowed to fly, he said. He said he had earlier been cleared by a senior TSA official and a Delta supervisor had told him he was entitled to wear any type of clothing he wanted. Boy, was this was she so 
sorely wrong, he said. I just connected the dots, and I just felt I better, I better speak up because the chances of importing this virus are very high. And uh, it, it's really, really freaking sick now. And I, I appreciate this guy. Yeah, me too. I really appreciate this guy. It's amazing yeah. that he had the courage to do that. Yeah, well, and he, he called some good attention to it, to did. the lack he of uh, procedures and there's protocols. One more, there's one more article I wanted to. Israel snubs Obama's plea for personnel in Obama's own. Hi, Right, And there's another one up, uh, about uh, uh, dog eats Ebola victims and spreads plague. Oh, right? God. Yeah. And That's another, in West Africa? Yeah, in West Africa. And there's another one which was really good to us. Uh, still hundreds of ways to fly from Liberia to U.S. Uh, Obama dumped the Bush-era quarantine proposal. Yeah, back then. Uh, no Ebola vaccine until mid-2015. Ebola unstoppable without full quarantine. Uh, breaking Ebola confirmed inside the U.S. Uh, flight exposing Ebola risk to continue. Well, I wonder why they're not focusing much on the enterovirus. It's not as exciting. No, it's, it's, killing worse, it's, worse than, it's worse than the other. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I wanted to read was this uh, so one thing out there where one in ten healthcare wow. workers treating Ebola get infected. Oh my God, yeah. that's terrible. Ebola called the storm, perfect storm fueling outbreak. Uh, 1.2 million Ebola deaths projected in six months. Wow. Jeez. Um, 6,000 UN peacekeepers not trained to fight Ebola. Here, this guy, I agree with this guy totally, 100% with this guy. A general is saying that military to fight Ebola is misuse of the soldiers and putting them in harm's way. He says, uh, you know, sending American troops to combat Ebola in Libya is an absolute misuse of the U.S. military, contends retired Lieutenant General uh, William Boykin. The health mission in Liberia should, would be better accomplished by private sector non-government organizations including the French organizations, Medicine Sans Frontiers, and uh, Doctors Without Borders, among others, or by some other U.S. government agency, such as the Department of Health and Human Services, he stressed. Boykin was the Deputy Under Secretary of Defense for Intelligence in the George Bush, um, and his 36-year military career included 13 years in the Delta Force, with two years as its commander. And he says, I believe it's a total misuse of the U.S. military capabilities at a time when the U.S. military is taking drastic budget cuts. It is extraordinarily thin, and it is being recommitted to conflict in Iraq. I object to this quite strongly, he said. And Boykin grasped for reasons to explain why the Obama administration was planning to use the U.S. military in the international health care crisis. In the final analysis, the military as organizations and leadership Two things Obama administration is probably looking for here, he speculated. But, you know, he said it's totally insane, you know, to have this over. Um, also, um, I, I get it. Let's end on this one. I love this. Israel snubs 
Obama for personal personnel in Obama and Ebola's own. Of course. Yeah. They would knock us out the minute we talk about Israel. Yeah. Okay, they, we just got zapped because yeah. we talked about Israel. Yeah, and the bottom line is they wouldn't send anybody to help. Yeah, so up yours, guys. Yeah, and it's yeah. 9 o'clock. These bastards. These bastards are bastards. I, tell you. I think it's the, the JDL or something is tracking us, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it couldn't even be like that. Well, just, just so that you know, they wouldn't send anybody. They wouldn't send Israel, Israel would not send any any personnel to help with the with Ebola. With the Ebola crisis, right. but we've come to the end of the show. It's nine o'clock, yeah. and we want to thank you for being with us, and we hope you will be with us tomorrow night when we talk about Union News. Would you know? Would you know they would do that? And uh, I, I love it. I love it. You know we're under. And we're, then we're on under, and then on Thursday Leo will be on the show himself, and you can listen to him. But in the meantime, I hope you have a nice evening. Yeah, tomorrow we got Union News, folks. They can't so, kill us all. They can't kill us all. Good night, folks. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Goddamn hackers.